Welcome into the Wizards group chat. I'm Ryan Oliver alongside my man Chase Carroll. Chase, man, we got the summer league coming up. A lot of exciting things. The pool trade was finalized. Chase, let's start with how you doing. How, how's everything? I'm doing great, man. I've been enjoying the summer league basketball. Basketball is finally back. It's felt like it's been gone so long, but really it's only been a few weeks. But that few weeks was enough for me to miss it already. So been catching some of the summer league. I'm excited that the Wizards are finally going to be coming back. Uh, I believe what Saturday. So um, very exciting times. I'm I'm really liking the look of the roster, which we'll definitely be getting into. But um, basketball's back, man. I'm I'm very happy. Yeah, man. A summer league's always fun. You get to see the, the the draft picks like right after they get drafted, so that excitement is still there, and it's just nice to see them get an opportunity to play in kind of a stress free environment. It's very fun. It's very like reminiscent of AAU days where you kind of just go in the gym and. And you can watch your, you know, your cousin or your friend or your brother, whoever's playing, or if you're playing, it just feels like that. I feel like watching it on TV. I've always wanted to go, but it doesn't ever seem to work with my schedule. And I, I hear nothing but amazing things about it from people that that do go. So I'm really excited to to see the Wizards. This is the first team I I feel like years that I'm really excited to watch. I think the last team Wizards team that was genuinely like like taping it so to make sure I didn't miss it was back when Otto Porter and I, I think Glenn Rice Jr. was on the team <laughs> and I was convinced that one Glenn Rice Jr. was going to be really good and two I was trying to convince myself that Otto Porter wasn't wasn't a miss because he hadn't played that well at up to that that point I believe that was his his second uh his second year the year of him and Glenn Rice were on the team I can't remember what year that was probably like 2014 or something like that I believe it was yeah it just shows it goes to show you don't take too much from the summer league that that right. was summer league MVP uh Glenn Rice Jr and Otto Porter ended up being a productive NBA player so that that goes to show don't take everything from this but um either way I, you want to see him play well so um I'm excited for sure yeah I'm excited too let's jump right into the roster Let's focus on the guys that were that actually probably have a chance to to stick on the team and 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 get real minutes on, on the big squad. Uh, so obviously there's Johnny Davis, Bilal Kulabali, Tristan Vukovic, um, the two most recent draft picks. Obviously um, Xavier Cooks and Quinton Jackson are kind of the guys on the roster right now. Uh, am I missing anybody? But those seem like the guys right now on the roster that at least probably have a chance to make the either are guaranteed to make the big team in Quentin Jackson's case um, probably on a two-way, but has a chance to stick in some capacity on, on the big team from those four guys. Is there anyone outside of the obvious, I guess, Bilal, we'll talk about him for sure, but is there anyone besides Bilal that you're really excited to see and maybe tell me why? Well, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see Johnny Davis um, just because of the summer league he had last year. He started off on such a poor note. I know we were expecting a lot out of him being a top 10 pick, 10 overall last season, and he came out in summer league. And it wasn't really the environment for him, but um, it was his first taste of NBA action, and he really struggled last season. He didn't look like he belonged immediately, um, and, and it really translated over to, to the regular season. He started the, the regular season really slow looked like his confidence was shot mostly because he struggled in the summer league. So for me, I, I'm really looking at Johnny Davis in this summer league and hoping he can get off to a much better start in year two. Uh, it looks like he put on some weight, some, some muscle over, over the off season, which to me, I'm actually happy about because if you look at his game, it doesn't seem like he's the type of guy who's going to blow by anybody anyway. 
Um, so maybe he just needs to outstrength them. He is looks like he's going to be a, a defensive type of player in the league. So maybe putting up putting on some muscle will will help him find his role in the league. Um, but from everything I've seen this offseason, looks like he has a better looking shot, at least form wise. We'll see um, if the percentages get any better or what, if he can become a NBA caliber shooter. But um, to me, it looks like he's been putting in the work this offseason. I'm definitely excited to see if um, it's going to translate at least into the summer league, um, because it, obviously this isn't this isn't NBA type of, of play here in the summer league. It's a lot of fast play, uh, fast pace, uh, get out and run, get a board and, and go. It hasn't exactly been Johnny Davis's t- style of play dating back to even college. That's not his type of play. Obviously he's kind of a player that is better in a, a set offense, a, a role predicated t- towards him. So maybe this won't even show what he will do at the NBA level, but obviously you want to see him play well after he struggled so, so badly last season. Yeah. Johnny Davis is, is definitely the player that I'm, I'm going to be watching. I think the closest in terms of comparative to last year, I guess I I would be surprised if there aren't some obvious strides, just given how he finished the season where he looked pretty competent. I'd say, uh, in the in the games he played for the Wizards down the stretch, he didn't look completely lost, which compared to earlier in the year and last year during the summer league, I just wouldn't have known he was a top ten pick or let alone even a first round pick based on what uh, what we what we saw. He really looked lost out there, and I feel like the lack of athleticism was what really stood out to me, uh, or at least he looked unathletic. I'm not saying he's he's not athletic actually, but that was how it looked. If you, for someone that hadn't seen a ton of Johnny Davis live games, I've seen highlights and things, but that was really my first taste of watching him in live games at the summer league last year. And it was just like, wow, I, how was this guy drafted in the first round? I mean, I hate to be, I hate to be like that. And I hate to pick on the kid because I think that he's a good kid. And I think he's a hard worker. And I do think he'll, he'll end up being a solid rotation player. So I, I'm looking to see that. I think what I want to see from Johnny the most is the ability to get by other players in the summer league. I think that's the number one thing, because if you can't get around the summer league competition, that doesn't bode well to me for your ability to penetrate and get in the lane against real NBA competition. And not that as an end all be all, but more than his shot or in anything like that or defense or anything like that. I really want to just see, can he get into the teeth of the defense and finish around the rim and what does that look like? How does he deal with the physicality of the game? Because I felt like that was what stood out to me the most last year. Uh, but like I said, towards the end of the regular season, he definitely showed more of an ability to uh, penetrate, to score. And uh, albeit the team wasn't really trying to win, so he got a lot more minutes. So you can take what you want from it, I guess. But at least it show- he showed the pulse of an NBA caliber player at that point. And so he's the player I'm really going to be watching. I really hope that he doesn't feel too much pressure, even though I do think there is some pressure to perform. I hope that he doesn't, because I feel like a lot of the issue last year, in addition to some reported injury issues that he was dealing with, I know they said he had a hip injury and and, and maybe something else, um, but his lack of confidence was pretty evident to me, uh, kind of from the get-go. I felt like he was a bit shell-shocked out there, just the change of speed and the change of competition. The one thing I want to mention about Johnny Davis, I don't know if it got enough um, 
enough talking about during when he was really struggling was Johnny Davis was a new father last year. And as somebody that has a young child, I can tell you being a new father is a lot. And so you're, you're also a, a rookie trying to learn the NBA game and you're a new dad. I bet that all that change happening at the same time was probably a, a shell shock to his system. I mean, he's a young man already and you're having a kid when you're like 20 years old or however old he is. I know he's around that age. And you're also trying to get acclimated to being a professional, the change in in speed of the game and things of that nature. So I do hope that maybe he's a little bit more acclimated in his personal life in terms of being a father and getting the adequate rest he needs. And hopefully that has translated to maybe maybe being a bit more calm in his day to day life and able to really focus on basketball and not so much change all at once. So I really hope that Johnny Davis is able to step up and perform but I do think that um, it, it's it's a big it's a big deal for him. This is a big deal to show the new front office that potentially he's a guy that's that's worth being a building block. Absolutely, and take this with a grain of salt, of course. But he seems more confident, at least in his answers and press conferences uh, last year. I think I definitely noticed he didn't seem as confident in that aspect, which it it, it isn't on court, but. Um, that's a, a whole new thing that he had to adjust to his NBA press. So, um, you know, he was reading everything on Twitter about himself. Uh, the fans were, were bashing him from the moment he was drafted, which, so I feel for him. It, it was tough right out the gate. He struggled in summer league and he read it all. <laughs> and, and that obviously shot his confidence, but, um, to be honest with you, he's not really in the discussion as much anymore, which. I hope helps him. I hope um, he's not reading about himself all the time. He's kind of out of out of the discussion points now that there's a new draft pick. Now that uh, now Jordan Poole's in the building, we we just re-signed Kyle Kuzma. There's other talking points now, um, and, and he's kind of been pushed to the side, which hopefully is actually good for his confidence. He doesn't have to maybe perform the way a top ten pick would. He just needs to find a role here in Washington and. Um, to me, uh, he seems way more confident in just the way that he's talking about his game, how he feels he added a lot to to his to the table. Which um, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll see if if that actually translates on the court. But um, I'm I'm seeing more confidence from him, which is a good sign for me. From things that I read and heard, it appears that Johnny Davis can be a bit of a slow starter in other stops throughout his young career, whether that's collegiate or maybe even before that, that he wasn't immediately that you know, superstar talent, you know, compared to his peers. But it, after some time acclimating, he took those steps and was and became a standout. And I know he was a Big Ten player of the year. And it wasn't he wasn't that player that immediately was the standout on on the teams he had been on it had it took him time to acclimate and then he built to having a lot of success so I do think that us as fans need to give him a chance to grow I mean we mentioned Otto Porter performing in summer league and not that Otto Porter became a star but I do remember when Otto Porter first got to summer league and even his rookie year a lot of people were like whoa is this guy even going to be a good player because he doesn't look good out there and Otto had dealt with some injury issues to his first year and Otto turned into you know, he's still in the league he's had a long you know a long career but he turned into a, a high level starter for a few years uh, he's obviously had injury issues that have hampered his career but 
he's a type of player that at least in his prime that every team could use and not that him and Johnny Davis are similar in terms of their games. But what I'm saying is I'm hoping that last year wasn't indicative of his whole career and that he can turn things around and become a productive NBA player. And I do think that now that there's a new regime that maybe the expectations are just different for Johnny and it's not so much, Hey, come in and be the top 10 player. Kind of like you were mentioning, it's more about, Hey, come find a role. Is that role back up? shooting guard is it maybe a starter down the road who knows but maybe some of that pressure is off him a little bit in terms of living up to the draft status and it's more about hey can I show the front office that I can play at a competent level to be in the rotation Um, I want to ask you do you feel like he's going to get any point guard reps at summer league is that something that we even want to see at this point as a fan base Uh, should we want to see Johnny Davis get point guard reps or should should we just hope that he sticks straight to two guard. I don't see any point guard in his game. I feel like that was always a Tommy vision. Um, Mm -hmm. I never saw any point guard capability from him last season. Maybe it's there, but I I just don't see the ball handling ability, the the passing ability. Um, He would have to develop a long way in order to, to become that point guard. Um, Maybe he's thrown into that role here in summer league because there's, uh, not really an abundance of point guards on the roster. I know we'll, we'll probably get into Ryan Rollins. I feel like he will probably get some point guard time. Um, Bilal Koulibaly probably has more point guard in him long term than Johnny Davis. So if for me, I, I'm I'm personally locking him into the two and, and maybe some three. Um, he's, he's a little small for the three position, but maybe he can uh, guard some some wings there. Um, but yeah, I don't see any point guard in him. I feel like that was always a Tommy vision and um one that isn't shared by by me at least and I don't think by a lot of people in in the Wizards fan base I I just don't see point guard in his in his future yeah I don't see point guard in his future at all I know I've mentioned that on this podcast before I, I just know in summer league we've seen teams experiment with putting the ball in um a a, t- a guy that's a two guard but trying to maybe force him to to learn point guards because I remember OJ Mayo did that one year a while back where he was clearly not a point guard but they were trying to see if he could be and I know Victor Oladipo kind of did that at one point for the Magic where they were trying to make him a point guard on some level and then he did it in summer league and it was just not while he was a good player it wasn't the right fit so I didn't I didn't know if uh if we envisioned that for something that our coaching staff might try but I agree that I don't I don't necessarily want to see it I, I don't see any any point guard skills in in Johnny Davis um, but I do wish Johnny Davis well. Uh, I'm excited to watch him, and I think that it'll be it'll be an enjoyable experience this time around. I'm anticipating him. I don't think he'll be a, on first team all summer league or anything, but I do think that he he's going to come out and play a lot better than last year, and uh, and, and it'll be something for him to build off of going into his his uh, second season here. But a player I'm excited about, and I, and I'm assuming you are too. I'm really excited to see uh, the Serbian big man. Tristan Vukovic, I'm really excited to see him. I feel like he's the guy. I know Bilal is obviously our our uh, pride and joy of the fan base at the moment, but I feel like Vuk is just the guy that I wanted them to draft. I feel like he has a great game for the summer league, so I'm really excited to see what he can do. Uh, I feel like my expectations might be a little bit high, maybe a little bit unreal, but I, when I'm kind of saying that jokingly, but I, I do expect him to perform. Um, I think that his ability to shoot, uh, he can put the ball on the floor a little bit. I just I feel like he has a game that's going to really translate well to the summer league. I 
have more questions about how his game's going to translate to the actual NBA floor than I do the summer league floor. Um, is he somebody that you're you're looking forward to? Absolutely. Um, we, we keep on mentioning how we haven't really had too many people to look forward to in the last few seasons. Uh, this is one of the guys you can absolutely, I think, look forward to in a summer league, um, a summer league uh, play. Um, he absolutely is fit for this type of game. He had such a strong NBA combine, which to me is a similar place uh, as a summer league. So to me, yeah, he, he's shown the, the shooting ability in, in that style of play. He's shown the ability to run the floor. And I think he has a little bit of ball handling in him as a seven-footer. So to me, I think he's able to take the ball off the rim and maybe even do something for you know himself. I, I don't think I want to see that too often, but I think it's in there in him. Um, I'd love to see him get the ball to the guards, obviously. But um, in a summer league, go ahead and see what you can do. Work on your game. Um, I, I want to see him on the actual NBA roster this year. So I think this will be big in determining that. I, I don't know. Maybe they've already made that decision. I haven't seen it personally. Um, if they've decided whether he'll, he'll be on the roster this season or not, but, um, maybe this is what determines it for him. If he shows out, shows that he's capable on this, this stage, maybe they'll think, yeah, we can get him some NBA minutes immediately. It's interesting that we haven't gotten more information on that in terms of whether they, their plans are to bring him over. I know he has a buyout in his contract uh, with his overseas team, but I do wonder what the plan is because the Wizards just don't have a lot of bigs on the roster. So you would think at this point that they haven't signed a veteran big that they would need Vuk to play, um, but I do wonder if as the dust kind of settles here with free agency, if we'll see them pick up a veteran big man at some point uh, or whether it's maybe they get in on one of these trades, whether it's like the James Harden or the Dame trade as like a third or fourth team just to take back a, a contract or something. I don't know who that would be, but um, there's always – a way to kind of finagle and maybe they get a backup big like that. Uh, someone that can back up Gafford. But uh, it, I think that they're going to, it's it, they might need Luke to play. So uh, it's interesting that we haven't gotten much more information on that, but I really do hope we get to see him, but I am glad that he's at least participating in the summer league. So even if he is um, overseas for one more season, it's someone that we can um, hopefully be excited about in a year that knowing that he's going to come over, um, but I do hope that he's someone that's on the roster this year, and I'm excited to see him in the summer league. Um, let's talk a little bit about Bilal, though. Obviously, that's the the headliner from from the team. Um, we'll get into Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rollins here in a minute. Um, we'll we'll kind of talk about how the Jordan Poole trade has been finalizing things. But Bilal is obviously someone everyone's really excited to see. Uh, Chase, tell me a little bit about what your expectations are for Bilal and his first summer league. I think we all got to temper our expectations a little bit. Obviously we want, we want to see him play well, but he is one of the, he's the fourth youngest player in this NBA draft. So um, if he doesn't show it immediately, I don't think we should bring out our pitchforks and decide that he's not the guy. Like let's, let's let a, a couple of seasons go by before we trash the guy. But like we've mentioned before, um, being great in summer league doesn't mean any, mean that you're going to be great in the NBA and being bad in the summer league doesn't mean that you're going to be awful in the NBA either. So um, 
I do want to see him play well. I think immediately what I want to see from him is strong defense. Um, I want to see that he can guard at an NBA level immediately. Um, Cause that's going to be his calling card on getting on the floor. I think, I don't think we're going to immediately see the NBA offensive game from him um, being just 18, 19 years old. He's got a lot of development to go from that standpoint, but um, still growing, still, um, still needs to gain a lot of NBA weight, but what he can do immediately is show that he can defend and, and understands defensive concepts, understands how to, you know, run whatever offense they're going to be running with him. As long as he can show uh, the coaching staff that he belongs on the floor, that's what I'm looking for from him in, in this first summer league. But um, yeah, I want him to at least show that he belongs on the court. As we mentioned with Johnny last season, it looked like he immediately just like, man, this guy looks like he's out of place and he is a top 10 pick. So I want him to at least show, okay, he belongs on the NBA court. Maybe he's got a lot of room to grow, but um, he immediately is showing showing something on the court. That's that's what I'm looking for from him. I, I think we should all temper our expectations a little bit. Um, I don't think he's going to be dropping 30 points and 10 assists immediately. So as long as we can you know, limit our expectations on, on what he is, at, at least putting up uh, statistically, um, I think we can be happy with what, what we're going to see from him this season on, on the summer league floor. I'm going in with no expectations mm-hmm. of Bilal. And what I mean by that is I don't want to put him in a box of what I think he's capable of in terms of role, uh, in terms of who he's guarding when, when he's on the defensive side of the ball, I just want them to use him in a bunch of different ways and kind of let's see him with the ball in his hands. Let's see him off ball. Let's see him guard smaller guys. Let's see him guard bigger guys. Let's just see what he can do. And I don't want to put pressure on, Hey, he needs to do this, this, and this to prove that he was worth the pick or anything like that. I think this is a long-term play. I do expect him to perform well on some level, Um, I know I just said I had no expectation, but I just expect him to perform well just because he's already a pro. He's been a professional overseas. I think that he'll be comfortable playing because he was playing pretty recently. A lot of these guys come into summer league and they haven't played in a while and they take some time to reacclimate to just playing basketball uh, in a competitive format. And I think that's why you see some guys come in a little rusty sometimes from, you know, if they if they're coming straight after college season, but Bilal's played recently. So I, I expect him to be comfortable out there. Uh, and I just want to see them put the ball in his hands a little bit, let him run some point guard a little bit, let him play off the ball. And let's just see what he can do. I'm really excited just to go in and enjoy the show and not feel like, Hey, uh, well, they said he's supposed to do this, this, and this. So that's what I expect to see. I felt like last year, with Johnny Davis, I was expecting to see a point guard because that's what I was told we were <laughs> he was going to be or that was going to be the vision. Or I was expecting to see some point guard traits, I should say, on some level. Uh, and that's a different situation. That's a different front office, obviously. But I, I think I'm just going in with the expectations that, hey, I'm sure he'll do fine. I'm not going to put pressure on it to be, oh, he's got to go out there and be a first team all summer league and ball out and put up 30 points. That's not my expectation have very modest, hey, I just want to see the kid perform well, have fun out there. I want to see him do a bunch of different things. And I feel like that's just the way I'm going to go into it and just not put pressure on it. Is Maybe that's just 
the Wizards fan in me. I've been after putting hopes and dreams on players for so long that maybe I'm taking a different approach. But I feel like I have more faith in this team's vision for what they're going to do with him that even if he didn't have a phenomenal summer league, it wouldn't affect my opinion of the pick, if that if that makes any sense. So I'm just excited to see the kid do a, a bunch of different things. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing the second overall pick right now. Brandon Miller is is so-called struggling in his first couple games. So, um, And I don't think by any means people should be giving up on Brandon Miller at, at second overall pick. Uh, we've seen players that are top picks struggle uh, immediately, and we've seen guys like Anthony Bennett have a pretty solid summer league and end up being out the league in a couple of years. So um, I'm taking it with a grain of salt with these 19, 18-, 19-year-old players. Um, to your point, I he has played very recently in professional basketball, so um, I don't expect him to to stink it up immediately. Like I expect him to be able to show something on the floor. But again, if if he does, I'm not going to give up on him immediately. And I know some some in the fan base will, and that's just <laughs> the state of of fandom that happens. Um, and for example, I'm not going to give up on Johnny Davis immediately after one bad season. I'm going to let things play out. This they have a whole career ahead of them, so um, let's not overreact to to a couple off season games. You know, with with guys that likely will not be playing alongside of them beyond this off season. Like a lot of these guys down the roster that we didn't even mention, likely will never step foot on the floor for the Wizards. So um, we'll see <laughs> if uh, if he struggles. It's not going to be the end of the world, but if he plays great, like that's awesome. You know, I I hope that he comes out swinging and is immediately looks like an NBA player for sure. So Chase, the Jordan Poole trade was finally finalized today. Uh, that means in addition to Jordan Poole, the Wizards are getting Patrick Baldwin Jr. Um, did I say the Warriors? I meant the Wizards are getting Patrick Baldwin Jr. from the Warriors as well as Ryan Rollins. Uh, these are two guys that are reportedly, according to Josh Robbins from The Athletic, going to join the Summer League roster at some point uh, in the near future, whether that's immediately or in the coming days. So they probably won't play in the first game, obviously. Um, that's on Saturday, most likely, because they haven't practiced with the team. But I assume they'll play in maybe the, the games after that. Uh, these are two young guys. Uh, Baldwin Jr. is a is a forward who was a highly ranked high school prospect who went 27th in the draft last year. And Ryan Rollins is the 42nd pick, I believe, last year from the uh, the Warriors pick. Uh, so these are two young, exciting guys. So what what are you, what's your impression of them, and what do you expect to see from them on the summer league team? Well, I really think Ryan Rollins is a guy that's going to do really well in a summer league environment. Coming from the G League, he really put up some good stats in the G League: eighteen point six points per game um, on over fifty percent shooting. Uh, good three-point shooter, about 36% from, from three. This is a guy that um, he's not really going to set up too many guys. Uh, you know, he only averaged about, what, 3.7 assists per game at the G League level. So um, he's not going to be the best facilitator, but this is a guy who can create for himself, get a lot of buckets. Um, so to me, he's going to thrive if, if they give him the rock. I think he'll probably play a lot of point guard here in the summer league. Maybe he could play a little bit of two as well, but I think he's more of a point guard, despite the fact that he hasn't really put up too many assists, at least in the G league level. Uh, we'll see if once his role changes, if, if maybe that's more of his game that he's able to show, but um, great score. 
Um, I really expect him to thrive in this type of environment. And same with Patrick Baldwin Jr. I think uh, we've already seen at the NBA level in a very limited amount, but this guy can shoot the lights out Um, when given the opportunity. He was lights out from three last year with the Warriors. So um, last year's first round pick uh, for us, we just gave up pick 57 for him. So to me, I think that's a great swing. Um, I, I think we're getting a first round talent there in with our late second round pick. So to me, definitely worth the shot. See what he can do. I don't know if he's the type of guy who will thrive exactly in, in this type of environment. He doesn't seem like, I don't know, the greatest athlete to me, but he seems like he does all the, the small things right. Um, you know, he, he can play a little bit of defense, I think. Um, but what I really want to see from him is, is can he stretch the floor and hit some threes? Um, cause I think that's his long-term vision is, is being a stretch four for us. Um, I don't think he's going to be in the, in our starting lineup or anything this season for the wizards, but I do think he will get a lot of time. Um, so I think this, this is going to be determining a lot of playing time here for some of these guys. We have some guys at the end of the roster that are, are fighting for spots. He's not sp- fighting for a spot or anything. I don't think, but he is fighting for playing time here. Uh, if he shows well here in the summer league, they'll they'll say, okay, we can we can trust him to give him NBA minutes immediately. So these are a couple guys I think um, really if if they play well in the summer league, it would be very beneficial to them. Yeah, Rollins is the guy that really excited me in terms of for a summer league uh, roster with his just ability to score at all three levels, get to the rim. He has a nice handle, nice wiggle in the paint to you know finish around the rim, get by defenders. He reminds me of a of a Jordan Clarkson type player where not saying their games are exactly similar, but I just mean in terms of role, a guy that's not going to come in and look to pass necessarily. He's capable of passing, but that's not what he's going to look to do. His mentality is to get buckets uh, and you need those kind of guys. You see Clarkson's had a had a really good career being that six man type uh, coming off the bench. He's made himself a, a lot of money doing that. And that role is very valuable. You need a guy that can come off the bench that's not afraid. And I think that that's the thing I like about Rollins the most is he plays with confidence. He's confident in his handle. He's confident in his shot. And he's confident in getting to the rim. And that ability to play combo guard, um, it, you know, I feel like the Wizards have a bunch of those guys now with Johnny Davis and and Poole and now Rollins. But Rollins is a guy that I, that I think has a lot of potential. I don't think he has star potential or anything like that, but I do think he could be a nice Potentially, if things develop right, he could be potentially down the road uh, a nice bench scorer for a team, and he definitely could carve out a good career for himself in that role. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm admittedly not super familiar with his game. I have seen some of his film, but I'm I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on on Ryan Rollins, but I am excited to see what he can do in this setting. I'm really happy that he's on the team, and I think that was a nice get from the front office to have him included in the trade. As you mentioned with Baldwin Jr., I I feel the same way about, hey, that's a nice swing. You're trading a late pick in the second round for a guy who, again, was a top 10 high school prospect just a short time ago. Um, His one year at college didn't go as well as he he, uh, hoped for, and he ended up being a first-round pick. And I know I've seen that people say his his stats, Doug and Vance stats in college and things were just pretty bad. Uh, I won't speak to to that because I'm not really sure. But what I will say is there's clearly talent there. And 
the people that do this for a living saw him as a top 10 prospect um, just a just a couple of years ago. And that doesn't mean anything, right? Uh, Anthony Bennett was a top prospect and he didn't turn out well. I mean, there's plenty of others. So I'm not saying that means everything, but it's not nothing. It means that there is some talent in there. He has good size. And even if he just is a bench, a bench shooter, if that's his role in the NBA, that's still a valuable role. And the Wizards are getting a free, well, not free, but they're getting a, a low cost opportunity to, get a good look at him. And so I'm excited. I, I feel like, again, this is the first time in a while where I look at the roster and there's about seven guys in the summer league that I'm actually excited to, to watch. I feel like in the past, it's been Johnny Davis and a bunch of guys. I don't even know who they are or, you know, one guy or two guys I'm familiar with and I'm a pretty big NBA fan. So if I'm not familiar with them, that kind of goes to show you that I don't know if a lot of other people would be that familiar with him unless you're a really big G League, you know, G League fan, which, you know, more power to you if you are. But um, I'm really excited just just as a whole. I think that that trade, uh, I, I don't want to deep dive back into relitigating the Beal trade, but I think that as a whole, as time has passed, I really look back at that trade and feel like the front office did a really good job all in all, considering the circumstance with the no trade clause and how much money Bradley Beal was owed. I really think they did a good job in the overall asset hole they got back from that trade. Obviously, flipping Chris Paul is another trade in itself, but that's still a part of the the long the long play with that trade. So I'm really happy to get a look at these two guys on the Summer League team. I'm really excited about the team as a whole. And I feel like this is the first time in a while where you can look at the that some of the young talent, even the second-round talent or late first-round talent, and be excited about, hey, like maybe Patrick Baldwin turns into something. Hey, maybe Ryan Rollins turns into something. Hey, maybe uh, Big Vuk turns into something, you know? So you never know, but it's just an exciting time. Absolutely, man. I think we can look at seven or eight guys on the summer league roster and say, okay, they could definitely have a future with the Wizards. Uh, whereas last year, I'd say only Johnny Davis. I, I, I guess Quentin Jackson may have been on the roster the summer league roster last year. I can't exactly remember who was on it last year, but that just goes to show there's, there's young talent to be had here this season. Whereas in the past few years, it's been slim pickings <laughs> for, for young guys to look forward to watching. Yeah. Um, the, I'd say just about everybody on this team has a shot <laughs> at making the team. Uh, maybe not the last couple guys on the, on the summer league roster, but um we can look at just about every player on this roster and, and they have a shot at making the, the team like uh, let's see what they got. Yeah, I'm excited. So I'll run down the schedule a little bit. So they play the Pacers the Wizards play the Pacers on Saturday, uh, which is the eighth. Uh, they play the Celtics on Sunday, the ninth uh, on Tuesday, the 11th, they play women Yama and the Spurs. Hopefully if women Yama plays, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. But as of right now, women Yama and the Spurs on Tuesday, the 11th, and they finish up with uh, OKC on Friday the fourteenth. Uh, so that's a you know a nice a nice little competition pool. Uh, I feel like it's it's exciting, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so like like I said, starts up on Saturday. We'll definitely be here to talk about it more with you guys. Uh, but let's switch gears here, Chase. Let's talk a little bit about some Wizards news in general. Um, one rumor that's been circulating a little bit is that the heat have some interest in Landry Sham Landry Shamit, excuse me, Landry Shamit is now on the Wizards roster. 
as a part of the Bradley Beal trade came came over from the Suns. Shamit's bounced around a lot uh, in his career. I feel like when he came in, I believe he came in with the Sixers, if I'm not mistaken, and he kind of immediately carved out a role as a quality shooter, but he doesn't really seem to stick. And I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about him being on the Wizards roster. I'll let you start, Chase, and I can give my thoughts. But what do you think about Miami's potential interest in Shamit? Do you want to see Shamit on the roster at all? Would you be happy if the Wizards got involved in potentially a deal, maybe a Dame deal, and and they sent Shamit to Miami or something like that? Is there? Do you have any interest in getting rid of him? What do you think? Yeah, I think Landry Shamit definitely has value in the league. You mentioned how good of a shooter he is. He definitely is a solid three-point shooter in the NBA, and that's at a premium. But I think when you look at this Wizards roster, he just doesn't seem to make sense with where they're going. You know, they just trade for Jordan Poole, who uh, by all accounts seems to probably be the the guard on the roster right now that you look towards as the guy. Uh, they just traded up to get Bilal Koulibaly, who – um, you're, you're giving up future draft assets to go up and get your guy. Obviously, you want to get him in on the court immediately, not necessarily in the starting lineup or anything like that, but you do want to get him consistent time. Like having a guy like Landry Shamit playing over him would, to me, be something a bad organization does. Even if he is 18, 19, maybe not exactly ready to, to get a ton of minutes, you do need minutes out there for your number seven overall pick. Um, and then we just mentioned Johnny Davis already. Um, I don't know if he's in their long-term plans or not, but I still think as a top 10 pick, um, he showed a little bit at the end of the season, not a lot, but he showed enough to where I think, okay, we, we still want to see if he has anything. That's three young guards on the roster already at the same position that Landry Shamit plays. So to me, I just don't see a, there's definitely not a long-term fit with him being on the last year of his deal here. Um, and to me, with all that we just mentioned there, I, I just don't think there's even a short-term fit for Landry Shamit here. But um, coming off of just 40 games played last season, he was injured, uh, as well as a career low in shooting percentage. Um, so I wouldn't expect a, a ton of return for him uh, being on the last year of his deal. He, he's not a, exactly a, um, a great asset, but at the same time, I think you can get something for him. He is a a solid three-point shooter in the NBA and that's much needed in today's game is, is solid three-point shooting. We have had a uh, very little amount of it. So if they did keep him, I wouldn't say I'm like super upset because um, they probably can't get a ton for him to be honest with you with all that. I just mentioned coming off a, a very injured season and a career low in shooting, but I do think um, yeah, he, he has value somewhere. I just don't think it's here. I think that's the key part. I, he has value, but he's the type of player that has more value to a contending team than a team that's not contending because he provides you with basically one skill at a pretty good level, and that's shooting. Uh, I feel like his shooting, I don't know his percentages, but I feel like when I watch the games, he isn't as knocked down as you want him to be. Um, but he definitely is someone that other teams are going to guard out there, which is half of the battle. It's not always what percentage you shoot like Jordan Poole isn't a great three-point shooter based on percentages I believe he's like 33 percent but no one's leaving Jordan Poole open so he the defense is respecting him as a as a as a shooter and that's what Landry Shamit brings in terms of uh, movement and shooting 
uh, in terms of he'll move off the ball and and space the floor. So for a team like Miami, if they're bringing in Dame, for example, well, Shamit could start at the two because what do you really need? You need him to be out the way <laughs> and give Jimmy and Dame and, and you know, Bam space to operate. So and now that for Miami, with that with Struess gone uh, and Gabe Vincent gone, Struess being more of the shooter of the two and potentially Hero gone if they're trading for Dame, Shamit makes a lot of sense for what they're trying to do. Uh, and, and he can start or come off the bench. And he's a, a decent defender. I mean, not great, but he's not going to get killed. So I think that he just makes more sense for a team that has a clear defined role. Hey, you're going to be part of our eight-man rotation. You're going to play these amount of minutes. You're going to shoot, and that's your role. I think that makes more sense on the Wizards with the log jam and guard that, that you mentioned. I mean, you pull who's going to play at the two. You have Johnny Davis who needs to play at the two. You have Kispert, who honestly is probably more of a two than a three, but they might play him more at three. But you get my point. He's also kind of a two. And then Rollins is definitely a combo guard. So he's going to play some two, I'd assume, if he plays. So the more I think about it, as much as I've been preaching, the Wizards do need vets, and I do think that they do need them. I wouldn't be mad if Shaman stuck around. I think you could run three-guard lineups at times, and Shaman could play some you know some three and and it'd be fine because you're not really trying to win it at a high level so i don't think that'd be terrible but i i think the thing i worry about most chase is wes unseld's desire to play vets over the young guys and i know i touched on that before when, when we talked about anthony gill but i just don't want to see coach unseld rely on veteran players over giving the younger guys minutes and i'm not so much worried about it affecting Koulibaly so much it's really more the johnny davis and ryan rollins we brought if we brought rollins in i want to give him a real look like let if we're going to give 15 minutes to sham it let's just give those 15 minutes to ryan rollins and let's see if he actually can play so it's just a, a a fine line between I do think you need vets, but I don't think that Landry Shamit is as valuable on this type of team as another team. Like I feel like Gallinari is a is a vet that has value for the role he plays. You need somebody that else that can play the four besides Kuzma and Denny. You need just that depth, and he's a he's just the right kind of guy uh, that's kind of going to be working to rehab his game a little bit. But Shamit to me is just somebody that needs a really defined role and he'd be much better on a contending team. Absolutely. It's just the numbers game. The minutes aren't here for him. Uh, I've seen the argument that they can maybe rehab his value a little bit and, um, you know, try to get more at the trade deadline for him. But to me, I just don't want him taking those minutes immediately from the young guys. Like to me, I just want to immediately get the young guys some time, see what they can do at the NBA level Shamit just unfortunately gets in the way of that. And it's not because he's a bad player that he shouldn't be here. He's a solid NPA talent. Uh, he's only 26 years old. So um, conceivably he could get better, but um, I just, it just doesn't make sense here for me. So um, good luck to him. If, if we are able to get something for him, I definitely want to try to do that. If not, again, I'm not super pissed off about having a great three point shooter on our roster like last season really only Corey Kispert and Kristaps Porzingis were the plus three-point shooters on the team so uh, I keep mentioning how badly I want three-point shooting he does provide that it's just you know with a contract coming up I don't think that's someone that they would want to pay you just pay Kuzma you just get Jordan Poole on a 
decent deal, but um, yeah, you don't want to, I don't think max out the cap space that they actually do have with a guy like Landry Shamit. So um, yeah, he, he would probably make sense definitely in Miami as, as a good fit. So for me, uh, if we can get involved in that trade, I'm doing everything I can to, to get our name in there. Well, you know, he's going to only bring back everyone's favorite trade asset for the wizards. And that's a second round pick. Like that's all, that's <laughs> all you're going to get. I mean, unless you do a player for player trade, maybe you could trade him for another backup center, that type of deal. If there's a, you know, a team, a contender that values having Shamit and maybe you value having another veteran big on the roster. You do that type of trade. If it's not, let's just say it's not Miami it's somewhere else, but if it's not a player, a one for one, it's going to be, it's going to be a second round pick or something like that. I'd be shocked <laughs> if it was anything more than a future second round pick. <laughs> and that's, and that's fine though. We keep mentioning we need roster spots. Yeah, like yeah. that's, that's a roster spot there. And, um, people are so upset about all these second round picks, but they we're not going to take all of these. We're not going to take a player with every one of these picks. Like we're going to likely package a lot of these down the road for a veteran that they feel fits or um, even, even trading Like we just saw them use two to trade up for Bilal Koulibaly. So these second round picks are going to be used in a way that benefits the team. Like I'm not super upset about getting second round picks. Like a lot of these, a lot of people are, it's just ammo. You see it all the time where it's, they, they take pick 42 and 48 and move up to 35. And it's a way to get the targeted player you want or, I almost say it's like lubricant in a lot of these trades. Like you're, hey, let me entice you by offering you just, just you know, here's here's two second rounders. Let me move up one pick and get the guy I want to get her, or whatever. It's it's it doesn't hurt to have them. And you know, Monte Morris got a second round pick. If Shamit gets you a second round pick, it's just more ammo for the front office to have to work with down the road. If you never know, we could get to a point a couple years from now. What if Bilal? takes off and Johnny Davis becomes a star. Let's just say hypothetically we're in la la land here with this hypothetical, obviously, but what if in a couple of years you're like, wow, they've really progressed a lot faster than we, you know, than we thought you could take all these second round picks and pick swaps and stuff and package it for your own star to add to the group. Like that's the point. If, if you look at just having now second round picks, aren't what you need to get a big star, but just having a bunch of assets in your war chest is why Sam Presti is able to be aggressive in getting like last year he did with uh, Usman Dang and Jalen, uh, Jalen Williams. I'm going to say Jalen Green, Jalen Williams. Um, just having those assets, those were first round picks that he packaged to get up there, but just having more assets gives you more to work with. So if if you can trade Landry Shamit or Monty Morris or any of these veteran guys for a second round pick, if they're guys you don't value long-term, then I'm all for it. Getting something is better than getting nothing. And then having Shamit play out the season on the roster and then just losing him for nothing. It's not the worst thing in the world, I guess, but it's also like, if you can get something for him, go ahead. Why not? Absolutely. And honestly, it seems like they're very desperate to get this deal done uh, with, with Dame. So maybe they're willing to throw two second round picks. We'll see. Um, (laughs) But yeah, as you said, like I'm not super upset about getting as much ammunition as we can. Everyone keeps complaining about how we didn't haven't had young talent. Now we have a ton of draft picks to work with to get that young talent. 
and we're able to use it as ammunition to get the right vets in the building. So to me, uh, keep getting them, keep stocking up on them. I am not upset about it. And we have a front office that we can actually it seemingly trust more to to target certain guys with the picks. I didn't feel like Tommy knew what he was doing, picking in the second round, uh, picking low ceiling, safe picks like uh, Cassius Winston and Schofield, guys that you couldn't, if you squinted, maybe you could see, oh, maybe Winston's a backup point guard, maybe. And Schofield had a nice, maybe frame to play in the NBA, but he was more built like a football player than a basketball player. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you just never know with with these second round picks, I guess. But it just didn't seem like there was much of a plan for the guys that they do pick. So I you think, don't like Yannick and Zosa? Yeah, I see <laughs> that name didn't even cross my mind. But the fact that because he'll heard, never come over. Yeah, that we've we, we've heard nothing about that guy since he was picked. Uh, is there? It, I, I always wonder, and I really I really want somebody to explain this to me. What was the thinking behind the Isuf Sanin pick? Like, what was I, I really genuinely? Now, maybe I've just missed it, and you know, Lord knows I don't know everything. But what was the what was the goal of of that pick? Was he projected to be anything in the caliber of an NBA player? Like, I just that's one of those picks that I've oh years later I still scratch my head. How did he even get drafted? That's a great question. Like, I don't think he was ever on anybody's radar as far as, like, I remember we took him, and then a lot of the draft guys were like, I don't even know who that is. Like, <laughs> I, that seemed like maybe Ernie just being a big brain and thinking I'm smarter than everyone else. He played in, what, the the Polish league or something? Like, yeah, I, he never really had NBA talent. <laughs> he made it, for example, that's a guy who played in the summer league for us a couple of years. He didn't look like he belonged in the slightest. So, like, uh, he was picked at pick 44 in the second round. Like, that's not even one of the last picks in the second round. Like, conceivably, that's a pick in the second round. It's like, this is a guy that will be on your roster and hopefully contribute. But we had guys like him. We picked Aaron White, pick 49, who never played in the NBA. Uh, He ended up being traded for Breton. So, like, they ended up getting something for him at least. But, like, they've consistently drafted guys like Yusuf Sanan, Aaron White, guys that just didn't have long-term capabilities. And now last season, Yannick Nzoza, he's never going to come over. Like I I've already completely thrown him out. He isn't even on the summer league roster. Like, so um, that was just a waste of a pick. <laughs> I think yeah. we have a front office in, in, in place now that will either take somebody that they view has long-term upside here or, or they will trade those picks for something that does. It's tough because when the fan base can identify talented players in the second round better than the front office, it's just always interesting interesting to me when that's the case. You have a team that's devoid of talent, and I'm not even saying a player like Bull Bull was the answer to any of the Wizards' problems. He's He just got cut from the Magic years later. He hasn't stuck. He hasn't lived up to the hype that he had at one point. But – that player clearly had more upside than any of the players that were in that range. In just terms of pure upside at that time, I just don't understand the logic sometimes that goes into these picks where it's like, yeah, we're going to take this really safe guy who his best case scenario is being PJ Tucker. And that's, I'm talking about Schofield in this case, or his best case is being a poor man's Jay Crowder. 
there was no real upside to that pick. So if you're taking a late, you know, a second round flyer on a player, that's really what these, these picks are after a certain point. They're just flyers. You're not expecting the player to be a great player. Sometimes you might strike on a second round player that's as good as Draymond Green or something, but those are really rare. Those don't happen all the time. But sometimes it, it's like the mentality has always been so weird to me. It's like the draft that had uh, Troy Brown Jr. And, and Michael Porter Jr. Reportedly, the Wizards weren't even going to take my, Michael Porter Jr. if he fell to them at the next pick. And 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 it, that always blew my mind because the best case of Michael Porter was so far and away better than the best case of Troy Brown that I just can't understand how the Wizards of all teams are going to pass on this type of talent. Now, I know he had a lot of medical red flags, and he, he hasn't even panned out to be a superstar. He's a high-level starter and a, and a good player. He's on a max contract, but he's played really well. But how are, is a team that's so devoid of young talent going to keep taking these guys that don't project to be anything more than a role player at best when the team's just so devoid of talent? The draft strategy has just has blown my mind. I know I've gone off on a tangent here, but it's just blown my mind for years that you could have a player, oh, Michael Porter Jr. might make it to the pick, but then you're going to pass on him to take a guy that is a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And his upside is is an eighth man, maybe, in Troy Brown Jr.'s case. No one thought Troy Brown Jr. was going to be any more than a rotation player at best the moment he got drafted. But you were going to pick him regardless of whether a potential <laughs> franchise-level player was going to fall to you. It's just, it's just interesting to me. Yeah, it's just a, a franchise operating like they needed to fill holes when in reality they needed talent. And that's what's been unfortunate with this the past couple front offices is, um, you know, Tommy came from the same front office. Like he was part of the, Ernie's crew. So it was like he feels probably the same way about the franchise. He, he feels, OK, maybe we just need a couple pieces to fill in the holes and we're right there. And we were clearly further away than that. But um that's the the bright side about having this new front office in in town. People, I think a lot of people we're seeing are upset with the Bill Al Kulabali pick. Um, maybe not a lot, but some of the fan base doesn't agree with us on that pick. We're happy with that selection, but um, that isn't you know viewed the same way by everybody's. But for me, that's a swing. It's like we've been begging for them to take swings. Here's the swing. So, uh, and, and the same with Vukovic in that second round. I think that's a guy who will hopefully play this season in the NBA, but I think we can clearly tell this is a guy who will be a wizard. Um, he's not going to be a draft stash forever. Yannick and Zoza, uh, Isuf Sanan, Aaron White, like he will come over and, and hopefully be a, you know, in the wizards plan. So uh, I'm all about the swings that they're taking here. Um, it's a different strategy than they've done. Like we might as well try something new and see, see if it works. Like, uh, clearly the status quo wasn't gonna gonna work around here like, like let's switch things up and Bilal made even more sense to me given how the board fell I feel like once uh, a Sir Thompson was off the board and Anthony Black was off the board I feel like that just made the most sense I think the only other guy that would have made as much sense as Bilal did was Cam Whitmore but he was falling for maybe medical reasons and personality reasons and a bunch of other things and I don't know how much the Wizards even considered taking him but that um, before the medical thing and he fell, I feel like pre-draft, those were kind of the guys that you could have. Okay, Anthony Black, Azar Thompson, 
um, and Cam Whitmore were kind of the guys you thought, okay, those guys would make sense maybe above Bilal. But when those guys weren't on the board, Whitmore obviously was, but um, I think it made a lot more sense for them to land on Bilal as, hey, in terms of upside, this is the the best guy left on the board. Uh, and, and I think definitely I would have had a, a bit more questions, not saying it would have been the wrong pick, but I would have had a bit more question if they had picked Bilal over Black or over uh, a Sir Thompson, I would have felt a little bit more uneasy. But I think given how the roster fell, I mean, I, I love taking a swing. It's It was the eighth pick. Obviously, they trade up to the seventh pick, but it was the eighth pick originally. And that's not the range you normally get the superstar in a draft. So if it, I don't mind them taking a swing. I would rather them do that than, than just draft another role player and maybe Bilal taps you know ceilings out at a, as a role player and that's just what he ends up being but at least you could look back and say hey man they tried they went for it there maybe he just becomes a role player or whatever but you can't fault the thinking in terms of uh like the logic they used with the pick absolutely like we've we keep on saying <laughs> over the last few pods like we thank god they finally took swings like um so to those who are upset with the direction, I, I don't understand. Like, why do you want to keep going with what clearly hasn't worked for this <laughs> franchise? Like, uh, let's switch things up and see if if something new sticks. Like, uh, it can't get much worse than it's been. They won 35 games this season with veterans. If we win 30 games, 25 games with young guys that, that we took swings on, is, is that really that much different? Like, let's just see what we got this year with, with young talent. I'm excited. Yeah, well, speaking of changing up, it looks like there's some interest, uh, mutual interest that appears from the Wizards and, and Jeff Van Gundy potentially coming over. Uh, he got laid off by ESPN recently. That sucks. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that for, for Jeff Van Gundy, but it could be a positive for the Wizards, potentially. Um, there is apparently some interest in him joining Wes Unsell's coaching staff. Um, I don't know in what role. I would assume it would be one of the lead assistant roles, but I, I don't know that for a fact as of right now. Um, what is, what is your thoughts in terms of that potentially happening? So I've always liked Jeff Van Gundy. I think he's a great basketball mind. Just hearing him on ESPN, uh, when he's not going back and forth with Mark Jackson with his, you know, he's clearly a jokester, but he really does bring great basketball perspective. Like I think he was one of the great basketball minds at ESPN. So to me, them cutting him was, was interesting to me. Like I actually liked his commentary, but beyond that, I think he is a great coach. Um, if he were to come and be an assistant here, I think that would be a great move because uh, Wes Unseld, I think he really does need a, a solid veteran presence next to him. I don't think he's um, the type of coach that can do it all on his own. And we did just have some openings with our coaching staff leaving other organizations. So to me, uh, I think he would be a perfect fit here. Someone that has a little bit of juice because whatever we think about Wes Unseld Jr., I don't think he has that that pull to the young guys. Like, I don't think uh, they necessarily will gravitate towards what he's saying. He hasn't really accomplished much at the NBA level, uh, whether that's all his fault or not, not uh, it's, it's probably not all of his fault, but he hasn't accomplished anything. Uh, So a guy like Jeff Van Gundy, he's accomplished a lot in the league. He's a well-respected NBA, uh, well-respected basketball mind. I think he would be a really solid addition to the coaching staff. Yeah, you really covered it. Uh, I I agree with you. I would totally welcome that. I haven't been the biggest fan of the job that Coach Unseld has done so far. I feel like 
uh, Van Gundy is the type of presence that that the young guys could use and West could use a veteran presence, someone that's really experienced um, in player development and obviously NBA coaching. I feel like that that's the type of hire that previous regime wouldn't have made or just hadn't made. They don't seem to provide um, the head coach with great assistance. I know that the coach has a say on that. So I'm not saying it's all on the previous front office, but there just never seemed to be that strong assistant where if uh, Scott Brooks wasn't coaching well, he might have to worry that they're going to move on to that next guy. And not saying that that's what you want in your dynamic, but I always just wanted more of, Hey, that, that coach has some cachet. He has experience and he's a high level assistant with the team. Um, and that's the type of, of hire that I've always wanted in terms of an assistant coach. So when I saw that today, I was really happy that they were even considering bringing on a guy like Jeff Van Gunny, it just in terms of the thinking of um, of the direction of the coaching staff and the team. And I thought, wow, that'd just be a perfect fit. It'd be good for the young guys. Uh, I think Jeff Van Gunny can be a bit of like a hard ass type, but I feel like that's that would be good. That would be good for the young guys to to maybe get them into shape. And he's a good basketball mind. Obviously, has a lot of experience coaching. I think there's something about watching the game away from coaching for as long as he has, but he's still been a part of the game as a broadcaster. Uh, I feel like that maybe there's a lot of knowledge that you get from just taking a step back and watching the game that maybe he could apply as he's coming back to coaching. Uh, so that would be a move I would definitely welcome. I think it would be really good for Coach Unsout and really, really good for the for the players as well. Yeah, and he may be a hard ass coach, but I think you do need that next to a guy like Wes Unseld because I don't think that's the type of coach Wes Unseld Jr. is. I'm not going to act like I'm uh, super locked in on the practices or anything. Like I, I see it, but based on what I have seen from Wes Unseld Jr., he seems more of a passive type of coach. Not really going to get in your face. Not going to. Um, I don't know, maybe not demand as much from his players as you might need. And I think a guy like Jeff Van Gundy can come in there and and if he does still coach that way, he has coached that way in the past. If he can come in and provide that, I think that's much needed for a young roster like Washington. We're trying to build something with the young guys. I think you do need a coach like that on your roster who has that pull, um, who's done it before. He's been successful at the NBA level. Uh, he's coached with Team USA basketball. Like This is a guy who's a well-accomplished coach on many levels. So, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy bringing him in um, to be one of our, our assistants. Yeah, I'm with you, Chase. Uh, we got fun times ahead here with the Summer League, uh, maybe potentially adding Jeff Van Gundy as a coach. Uh, Jordan Poole is officially a wizard. I know a lot of the fan base have been really waiting for that trade to get announced. I feel like a, that's a really exciting thing. I know everyone's really excited to welcome him. To DC. So if you're listening to this, Jordan Poole, we're happy to have you, man. Welcome to the to the district. Uh, but Chase, do you have any parting shots before we get out? Yeah, let's uh let's watch some Wizards basketball this weekend. I'm super excited. I know um we'll see if you if we're all able to get on a pod to uh recap some of these summer league games. I know um if you're not able to join, I'll definitely be doing one at least by with someone else or by myself. We'll we'll definitely get some content out there, but um yeah, we're, we're definitely all excited about uh, the summer league. We have a lot of young players to look forward to for the first time in a while. Um, so basketball's back, man. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, me too, Chase. Uh, you guys don't forget to 
to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let us know uh, what you guys want to hear from us as we approach the off season. Uh, you can find us both on social media. Chase, what's your Twitter handle again? At Chase Carroll underscore. I just made a threads. So I don't know how I'm going to use that just yet. Um, <laughs> but I just just made that, a, you know, about an hour ago, actually. Uh, at Chase Carroll underscore NBA for, for threads. I uh, hope to get some content on there as well. Definitely be posting the pod on there. But yeah, um, for, sure. for now, for now on Twitter, for sure. Yeah, well, I'm Ryan B. Oliver on Twitter and on threads. Um, so we'll definitely have uh, good content coming for you guys. Um, we're excited for what's coming in terms of summer league and uh, everybody be good.